Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how's it going today? It is going great. <laughs> I was just telling you before we went on the air that if you hear some chirping in the background, don't be alarmed. That is because we have, I think, eight or ten baby chicks in this giant Rubbermaid behind me that my daughter is raising for a couple weeks. So... Um, I'm getting a lot of feedback on all my podcasts for just a little chirping in the background, and I just have nowhere else to go. So I now have chicks in my pseudo office. I, I guess it's a good time of year for that. Not only is it spring season, springtime, but it, it's the chirping season with with the NFL draft coming soon. We we hear a lot of chirping. Oh, let's see what you did. A lot there. of chirping wow. all over. <laughs> So for the next several weeks, Matt, we're going to be really just focusing on this rookie draft class, evaluating some of these key players, talking about what dynasty rookie drafts might be like, trades involving some of these rookie picks. And today we've got quite a few questions from, from our listeners to cover. So we're, we're just going to dig into the rookie stuff yeah. and have our own version of chirping, I guess. Before we do, how far along are you or how comfortable are you with your rookie draft prep, et cetera? And I, I know you're probably not looking at other positions. You know, you're concentrating on, you know, fantasy positions. Right. Just, yeah, just focusing on on really the big four and and uh, any anything extra I get from mass media is, is just bonus. But, you know, I feel like it's always a work in progress because there's so many players. And even though I'm I'm pretty involved in Devi leagues and – I'm I'm familiar with the names and I've seen these guys play on Saturdays. I still would never feel like, I don't think I would ever feel like I'm done. You know, yeah. I always want to watch more games, read more write-ups about all these players. So again, it's, it's just that work in progress. I could do a rookie draft today, but the more information, the better. And obviously that, that information that we'll learn on draft weekend about a month from now, actually, I think four weeks from today, is the first day sure, of, yeah. the first, first day. day of the draft. So that's yeah. that's the information we're all really waiting on. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm hitting it heavy. I mean, I pretty much the NFL is so dead right now. It's unbelievable that there's nothing to talk about in terms of player moves and everything happens so fast it's over. Um so I'm spending every free moment I have doing draft prep. Well, the first thing I wanted to talk about today, Matt, is a recent uh dynasty rookie mock draft that uh, I took part in with some of the guys from Roto World and a lot of a lot of names uh, our listeners would know and plenty of uh, folks who have been on our show, Curtis Patrick, Matt Harmon, Graham Barfield, uh, Evan Silva, Sigmund Bloom, Rich Rebar were, were just a few of them. But we got together and held a rookie mock draft, and I think the results are pretty interesting. What really stands out to me is I think that the tiers are starting to form and at this point, before we really know where these players are going to land as far as what team they'll be playing for, as well as how much draft capital, are they first rounders? Are they third rounders in the NFL draft? Before we know all that, I think the tiers are so important. I don't know who's going to go 1.01 in rookie drafts or who's going 1.04, but I can narrow it down to how I see the big groups, those tiers right now. So I just want to run through this. Uh, mock draft at least the first several picks and and get some of your input right now I see the the first year being six deep in this mock draft Leonard Fournette went first 
Corey Davis, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey went fourth, Mike Williams fifth, and Joe Mixon sixth. So that's how I see the top six, that top tier, which is one of, if that's the consensus, it's got to be the deepest top tier we've had in, in many years. Is that how you're seeing the, the top of the rookie drafts playing out and any, any names stand out to you there? Yes. Is that the order? I mean, it was Fournette one, Mixon was six. That was the order. Yes. Fournette, okay, Davis, I assume Cook, so. McCaffrey, Williams, Mixon. What's interesting to me is it wouldn't shock me at all if after the draft, we all say Mixon might be 1-1, you know, and he's going six in this one, which I can understand, but he's such a talent. And if he goes to the right spot in the second round on a good situation, I think there's a chance he could be Zeke Elliott light, you know, in his rookie year that he's that talented and I don't think he I mean, he might end up on a bad team, he may end up on the Browns, who knows. But I think you could make a case in some way, shape, or form for pretty much any of these guys to be one. But Mixon's the one that I think could jump the most of the group. I agree. Something I put out on Twitter earlier this week was the ranges, uh, uh, ranges of outcomes for these six players. Fournette, I think he obviously could go as high as one. I think his floor right now is probably three or four. Uh, Corey Corey Davis, ceiling of one. Dalvin Cook, ceiling of one. Mixon, I agree with you. I think he could go 1-1. McCaffrey and Williams, I think things would – there's so many things that would have to work out just perfectly for them to land in that 1.01. So I think they really have a ceiling of of maybe 1.02. All these players, to me – their floor, at least right now, is one one six, with the exception of Mixon. I think his floor is completely different, and it's based on all this off-field stuff. Uh, of course, the talk that we've heard lately is that he's being looked at in the second round, maybe even the early second round of the actual draft of the NFL draft, which which would keep him obviously in that that top six range. But if all that talk is wrong and NFL teams are, are scared off. If he's a day two pick, or I guess a late day two pick, third round, if he's a day three pick in the fourth or fifth round, then his floor is different. I still think he's a first rounder at that point, but probably not in that top six. Now, with that said, at this point, I don't think that happens. I think he's a second rounder. I feel pretty comfortable saying that. Second rounder in the NFL and a top six pick in dynasty drafts. Yeah, and if I were to draft today and rank these guys – I think he'd be second for me. You know, I just think that, you know, because he's he's an every down guy and I think he's got a lot of touchdowns in his future. That worries me a little bit about McCaffrey. You know, I mean, how many times is he going to reach the end zone? Is he going to have to score long touchdowns to to get there? I think McCaffrey would be sixth of these of these six for me. And I think I'd go Fournette, Mixon, Cook, Davis, Williams, McCaffrey. But Cook scares me a little bit too. I mean, I wish he would have tested better. Yeah, that was disappointing. And then he had his his pro day, I guess, earlier this week. And he, he, I believe this is correct. He ran again, but he didn't do any of the other drills. So that was disappointing as well. Um, This top tier, it's, it's just so crazy. It looked like for months, even years that you wanted as many high picks as you could get in this draft. Everybody was loving the, the 2017 draft and many, many times 
on on this show, we recommended people buying as many first round picks, second round picks as you could get. I still love the class, sure. but just the way that it's played out, that there is so little difference right now between the first pick and the sixth pick. Uh, it's it's really just kind of an, uh, amazing to see. And, and of course, that could change in a month. You know, I mean, that Thursday night, Fournette may land in the perfect spot, and clearly he's won one. You know, but it does seem pretty ambiguous right now. Like there really is, you know, I was happy I made that trade last week to, to trade one, one, and it's not a typical year of one, one, you know, where I have one four and there's not that big a difference. You know, there's kind of the way I've been viewing things is as long as I have a pick near the top, I'm pretty happy. Right. We were, uh, I was just in a conversation on Twitter before we started our show and I suggested it might be a good time to buy that 1.07 pick. Right now, everybody seems to agree that one through six is the top tier, and then you move down to seven, and who do you take? But I think there's so many so many options, so many ways it could play out where that seven spot, maybe even the eight spot as well, becomes a huge value. So I would, I've seen people say to sell those picks because it is the, the drop from the top tier. I'd go the other way. I'd be buying the seven pick and probably the eight pick as well. There's just so many options. And if John Ross or Juju Smith or OJ Howard or uh, Curtis Samuel. Kamara is the one that steps out. I mean, yeah, Kamara. That one really stands out to me in this group. Right. If you just need one of those guys to land in an ideal spot. And, And all of those guys, I believe that I mentioned, have had some first round buzz, at least at sometimes Juju is probably not going to be a first rounder, but the tight ends could, I've seen Kamara mocked there. John Ross almost certainly will be a first rounder. And I've seen Curtis Samuel mentioned in the first round range. I'd be surprised by that one too, though. But those guys go in the first round, they land in a great spot, contender late in the first. And now that seven spot is worth a ton. The other thing that you could see is one of those top six guys, somebody that we love their talent. We don't know where they're going to play. They land in a bad spot. You know, Mike Williams lands in a spot we don't love. Christian McCaffrey ends up behind an established running back. Now they're falling to seven or eight, and you're getting that elite level talent with a back half of the first round pick. So if if I can, I'm buying seven, eight picks over these next couple of weeks leading up to the draft. Pretty cheap. I would imagine too, at this stage, right? I would imagine pretty reasonable. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't gotten into any specific trade talks yet. And I don't think I've seen any actual trades go down in my leagues, but I will be exploring that. I think our listeners should as well. I have a philosophical question for you. You've done this a lot longer than I have. And I, and I wouldn't have even thought to go after seven or eight right now, but the more you're talking and the more I'm looking at these lists, I think it's a dangerous proposition to say, to, to, to define tiers this time of year, pre-draft, because so much is going to change. I mean, even the most dialed-in analysts aren't going to get this stuff right. And one of those six, like you said, is going to be in a disappointing situation, you know, or clearly handcuffed, or, you know, Hunt or Foreman ends up in New England or Tampa, or, you know, I mean, one of these spots, there's a lot of really good landing spots, especially for you know, bigger backs that could land in, you know, and be this year's Jordan Howard, you know? So uh, I think it's a dangerous proposition to think, you know, before you really know where these tiers are. I agree. Uh, At the same time, I think you want to be aware of the market value on these players, even before they get to the NFL, even before we know where they're playing, you've got to know what, 
how your competitors are viewing these, how other dynasty players are viewing these NFL players, these rookies. So right now the, the top tier is six deep. Maybe you disagree with that or, or maybe you foresee that changing. I agree making any strong moves based on that is, is a bad idea. I don't mind buying seven and eight because I think basically every rookie pick is going to increase in value between now and the NFL draft and dynasty rookie drafts. So if I buy seven and eight and none of that happens, none of those second tier players end up in primo spots, they all fall to the second round of the NFL draft and uh, it just doesn't play out how I think it did or how I think it would. I'm still okay with that because I've still got rookie picks. They still have value and I, I can still move up or, or back in the NFL and the rookie drafts. I mean, they're obviously wonderful currency. You know, you're never going to be like, damn, I got one eight. What am I going to do with that? Right. I got to dump this thing. You know, I mean, you can always turn it into a player or a veteran or a move back or a future pick. You know, future pick moves are always one of my favorites. Um, I hear you, you know, but Kamara almost seems like he should be in his own tier to me of this group. I mean, I could see him being a feature back in the NFL. I like Kamara too. Uh, the The concern there, of course, is he was never really the feature back in Tennessee. True. He was playing yeah. with Jalen Hurd. Hurd had his issues this year, ended up quitting the team. I loved what we saw from Kamara that last month of the season. Hurd was gone. He was off campus. He was looking for a new school. And Kamara got to run the ball a lot more than we had seen in previous games that season or even in, in previous seasons. Um, I'm a big Kamara fan as well, but I think that's that's a reason to be concerned. I don't think he's knocking on the door of Mixon or Williams or McCaffrey at that six range. I, no, I think that's safe, but I think he's better than these other dudes. Although Ross is pretty strong. I mean, Ross is going to be a first-round pick. The, the second tier, and I think this is really where the strength of this class comes from, is the depth. Not only the depth of the top tier, we haven't we haven't seen a six deep top tier really in any time I can remember. But that second tier, for, personally for me, and, and the waters get a little muddy here as, as dynasty players value all of these rookies differently. But for me, it goes from seven to 19. So you're going from mid first to mid second. Let me just run down the picks in order as they were taken in the Roto World mock draft. Uh, John Ross went seven. Juju Smith-Schuster, eight. O.J. Howard, Kamara, Evan Ingram. Taewon Taylor, Western Kentucky boy, went 12th. I thought that was a little bit of a surprise. I really like him, though. Uh, the second round, Curtis Samuel, Foreman, Chris Godwin, Njoku, Carlos Henderson, Kareem Hunt, and we get down to Zay Jones. Zay Jones went 2.07. That's where I see this second tier stopping. So names that stand out to you from that group, somebody other than, um, other than Kamara, somebody you really like from that group. Well, I think Ross will be the earliest pick, but he has that, the, you know, Deshaun Jackson, Teddy Ginn feel to him too, that there's going to be weeks that he catches one for 19 and you're mad at him, you know? <laughs> um, hmm. I mean, I love, Najuku. I, I love all the tight ends, to be honest with you. But Howard and Najuku to me are better than you know. I would. I might rather have them than Hunter Henry right this second. And Hunter Henry is getting a lot of attention as you know. You know, pulling a, a late first in return for him. 
a guy like Samuel worries me. I, I don't know that he's good enough to be Percy Harvin, and those guys don't last. And, you know, I'm not a big Tyreek Hill fan. And, you know, just those, those combination little guys worry me. I, I think Foreman's intriguing. I think he'll end up being a late first in almost all rookie drafts when it's all said and done. Yeah, Foreman had his pro day this week as well, ran really well, surprised uh, surprised everybody with, with his time. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if he's creeping into that late first round pending the NFL draft. Something that, that stands out to me here, you mentioned the tight ends. We've, we see three of them here, Howard, Ingram, and Njoku. All three are, are probably first round rookie pick talents. I don't think, uh, I don't think all three end up in the first round I'd, of, of your typical rookie draft. I'd be surprised if two of them do. I think the guy I like the best is actually Ingram. I love the skills of all three of these guys. Yeah, uh, Howard's kind of the all-around tight end. He can block. Uh, he's a better blocker than the other two. But Ingram's a wide receiver, basically. So when we're talking, uh, you know, we're talking fantasy, and that's that's what we're here for. He's the guy I prefer uh, of those three tight ends right now. So if he's being viewed as the tight end three of the group, the one most likely to fall to the second round, I'm going to be taking advantage of that value. A guy that you don't have in that tier that I think belongs, though, is Mac. I think Mac's a really intriguing prospect, too, that could be a an instant contributor, do a lot of things for his new team. Um, I think he – I would take him over a couple of the guys in that tier. Yeah, he's he's a guy of, of everybody in these first two rounds. He's probably the one I've seen the least of. So, we, you know, you talked okay. about how far along are you. He's He's the one I want to go back and watch some more of. I'm not quite sold. He can be, he can be really, really a contributor at the NFL level. Um, so, you know, guys like that, can, can you even start them? Can you start them in fantasy football? If you don't see that path, then, uh, you know, why, why are you taking him in the second round? Yeah, I guess that's a good point. You know, that sometimes you look at him and you want him on your NFL, your favorite NFL team, but that doesn't mean you ever check the box on Sunday morning and put him in your starting lineup, you know, that, and I just pulled up Ian Wharton's draft guide and he was on one of my shows yesterday and he had the Tevin Coleman comparison for Mac. He's really high on Mac and I could see that, but that's, you know, how often you start Tevin Coleman in your leagues too. You know, if that's best case scenario, how often you click in the box to start Tevin Coleman. Yeah, and, and Coleman's got a lot of hype right now, um, coming off a an impressive season. But right, he's still that pass catching back. He's um, in, in that offense at least. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're a second running back on a team, it, it's tough to it's tough to start. It's tough to start him each week. And we've talked about it before with our general strategy of focusing startup drafts and startup auctions on the wide receiver position. These rookie drafts are really where you can get, uh, get your running backs. And I just, I don't know if Mac is the type of guy who I would be selecting and, and ready to plug in the lineup. The guy who went right after him in this mock draft that we're, we're looking at was Samaj Pirine. He's more of the type of player, even though I'm not a huge fan of him necessarily, he's the type of player in the right spot. He's going to be um, at least your, first two down back and um, what if he goes into England 
You know what I mean? Like if he's the, he's there like Eric Blunt. I mean, he could see the end zone a lot. Right, right, exactly. I, I don't want to get into the game of let's send everybody to New England, but if he lands in a good spot well, sure. right, right, where right. he can get goal line carries. But that, Philadelphia, the Giants, Tampa Bay, Detroit, you know, there's a lot of teams that could use a big back. And most of those, we've talked about it as we've gone through free agency uh, over the past few episodes. Most of those have not really addressed the running back position. Uh, we looked at all these teams that need a running back or at least uh, look like they need a running back, and most of them still do. Seattle wasn't even one that we necessarily considered as a running back needy team, and, and they, they get, go grab Lacey. So plenty of holes to fill on the running back position. I'm just going to run through the, the rest of the picks here pretty quickly. And uh, we'll move on to some listener questions. I, I think just like that second tier is deep, the third tier to me goes all the way through the, the rest of the draft. We had a three-round draft. Uh, KD Cannon, we mentioned Marlon Mack at 2.09, P. Ryan, D.D. Westbrook at 2.11. That's at least a – That's a nice pick there. Oh, see, I was going the other way. That's probably a round, really? that's a round higher than I would take him. He's – I've heard he's off some NFL draft boards. He's probably off my draft board as well. Okay. Old, okay. old, injured, off-field stuff, small. Well, I know the off-field stuff, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I hear you. Okay. The guy 2.12 is one I'm intrigued with, though. Jeremy McNichols, he's another running back. If he's in that late second round range, he's a player I would probably target. What I know of him is he's pretty much a jack-of-all-trades, hmm. kind of master of none, Rex Burkhead, perhaps. Uh, I think he's probably a better between the tackle runner than Burkhead, but yeah, I mean, he can catch the ball. He can inside, outside. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think. Um, Does everything pretty well. Right, right. Third round, uh, Malachi Dupree, Gallman, Josh Malone, Isaiah Ford, Bucky Hodges. That was my pick. I'm keeping an eye on Bucky Hodges. Yeah, I think that was my pick. He's a wide receiver too. Right, right. Deshaun Watson, Cooper Cup, kind of a hot name in dynasty circles. He fell to 3.07. Uh, 3.08, Chad Hansen, the Cal wide receiver. Robert Davis, 3.09. Nobody would really heard of him two months ago. Had a big, big combine performance, so he's kind of on the radar now. 3.10, Ardarius Stewart. And then a couple of running backs to end it, Jamal Williams and Joe Williams uh, from BYU and Utah, respectively. Yeah, we kind of – we. Kind of threw out some names we like there of that third tier, McNichols, Hodges, Isaiah Ford, I know is a a Matt Harmon favorite, so that's that always has some value to me. I wouldn't suggest targeting a quarterback in, in rookie drafts in general, but once you get to the mid third, if you're getting the quarterback one, whoever you view that to be, in this case it was Deshaun Watson, but if you like Trubisky, if you like Kaiser, and you're getting them in the mid third, then why not? That's that's good value for me. Yeah, Mahomes is actually my favorite. I think he's going to be the best quarterback of the group. And you can make the argument you're not going to take any of them there. But if I were to take one, he would be my pick, including if I were in the real NFL draft. Uh, he would be he's my favorite one in this in this whole draft. And I think he has the highest upside. Two two receivers I expected you to say that weren't were, and and I can understand why you wouldn't take Ryan Switzer. Those you know small slot guys. He could catch it. He could be the next Crowder type of player. And, and Zamora has a lot of upside, too. I think he's kind of somebody I would take a third-round flyer on type of guy. 
Yeah, I've actually done a couple of these mock drafts, and I'm sure I'll do more uh, over the next few weeks as it gets closer. But in the other one I participated in with some DLF guys, Zamora went in the late second round. So I think he's he's in that range as well. He didn't get chosen in, in this draft, but I think both of those guys are probably in, in that tier along with the other names we mentioned as well. Okay. Um, are we going to move to listener questions now? Yeah. Is that the plan? Yeah, let's cover some. Hey, before we do, I'd really like to tell everybody about Loot Crate. How about this? This is our 60th episode you told me before we started. I mean, it seems like we started this thing like yesterday. And our buddies here at Loot Crate have been pretty much on board since the beginning. We're very grateful for them. But if you are on a quest for epic gear, housewares, and collectibles, Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than 20 bucks a month. And it's even better than that when you use our, our code, which I'll tell you about here in a minute. Whether you're shopping for the geek in your life or if you are that geek, Loot Crate is the best surprise you know is coming every month. Every month there's a different theme and new exclusive items that you can only get with Loot Crate. Treat yourself every month or give the gift of geeking out to a friend or loved one. For April, join us as we salute some of our favorite mystery solvers with items from Stranger Things, Batman, The X-Files, and Marvel's Jessica Jones. One lucky subscriber will also win a mega crate including signed copies of Jessica Jones, alias volumes one through four. So you have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, it's over. Make sure you head to www.lootcrate.com slash Dynasty Blueprint, enter the code Dynasty Blueprint, and you'll save a few bucks every month off your subscription today. So something you got to do. Thanks again to Loot Crate. Let's move on to our listener questions now. We got several, and uh, they all relate to this incoming rookie class. Some draft questions, some trade questions, and we'll try to get to all of them. Will says, "I have the 1.02 in my dynasty PPR league. What do I do?" I, I think Matt, the easy answer or the obvious answer is maybe you trade down uh, if you can stay in that top tier, that top tier of six, and you can move down, pick up a late first rounder or a future first rounder or a, a veteran who can help you right away. That's the easy move. With that being said, I'm not sure that's, that's, I think that's maybe easier said than done right now. I don't know if a lot of people are trying to move into the top, the top of the draft because of that, that parody in the top tier. If you've got a, a four or five or six pick, you're probably happy to just stay there and take whoever falls to you. You know, you had mentioned that you did this this recent draft, rookie draft with Silva and all those dudes that know what they're talking about. But a lot of people out there listening, people in their league aren't quite as dialed in as those dudes. You know what I mean? That there might be people out there that think Fournette and Cook are in their own tier. You know, that whoever's the first running back is going to go one, and then I'll take the other one. One, two is the place to be. So maybe there is somebody in your league that will say, you know, you go to them and say, how about one, two, and a 18 third for one, five, or one, six, and your first in 18? Something along those lines. You're sweetening it up a little more, a player. You may have some buyers in that. I mean, it's worth kicking it around. Yeah, for sure. I would, I would always, you know, that we've talked about that before. That's one of those reasons you have to stay active in your dynasty league, always explore the trade market. Uh, let's say there, there is no trade market. Let's say you're, you're, making the pick at two sounds like earlier you mentioned this are, are you taking mix in at two if we're drafting today yeah i am and would consider him at one see i'm i'm just so i'm so torn right now for me it's still 
uh, Fournette, Davis, and Cook as the top three, and I don't even know what the order is. I think I would probably take Davis second or maybe even first. So, whew, this these these are going to be uh, some tough choices when rookie drafts really play out, and, and I can't wait to see how it happens. Real quick, while we're talking about Fournette, I think he's going to land in Jacksonville or Carolina. Right, I agree. Do you think both help him or hurt him? I think he could be the one one in either of those spots. So I guess I would say Stewart's not long for this world. I guess I would say both help him. No, I mean I'm not I'm not scared of Stewart or certainly of Yeldon or Ivory. I'm not worried about the competition at either of those spots. No. In Carolina, I mean there's maybe there's a little bit of concern that he wouldn't even be the goal line back. You know, we've seen Cam Newton lead the league right. in rushing touchdowns over the past several year span. I believe he's, he's right up there with the league leaders. Uh, and then in Jacksonville, it's just, can, can they compete? They've spent a ton of money again this year, this off season, mostly on their defense. Can they stay in games or is Bortles going to have to throw it a million times again, which of course would hurt the running game. You know, guessing where he lands or even cook seems a heck of a lot easier than guessing where Mixon lands. Right. I think the the range is is wide open for Mixon because he's presumed to last through the first round. So, you know, you look at Fournette, there may only be five or six teams who get the chance to draft him. Cook, there might be 15 teams who even get the chance to consider drafting him before he goes in that mid-first round range. With Mixon, it's, yeah, it's wide open. Um, I saw some talk that the Bengals could be interested. Of course, they've never shied away from bringing in right. players with, with that off-field baggage. They've got Geo and Hill, but neither one of those guys have necessarily wowed or, or set themselves apart. So I think – I'm not sure there's a bad landing spot for Mixon outside of getting stuck behind Bell or, or Johnson or one of those guys. Uh, other than that, I think he can compete with, with anybody and, and you know, make up for that uh, – I guess offer that good return on the investment that fantasy owners are going to spend. Yeah, I agree with you. And I know the Raiders have spent a lot of time with them. I mean, to me, that would be a Ezekiel Elliott situation. You know, if he goes to Oakland in the second round behind that line in a high-powered offense, I, I don't know how you wouldn't take him at 1-1. I think the the rub is going to be the the tough choice is going to be if you see if you see Fournette and Corey Davis and Dalvin Cook and McCaffrey and Williams and Ross and Howard and Njoku if you see all of those guys go in the first round of the NFL draft I just think it's so tough to move a second round NFL draft pick even a guy like Mixon even if he lands with the Raiders so tough to to leapfrog him over all of those and put him at 1-1. Yes, but the more homework I do, and I'm not ready to say this yet, I think he's the best of all of them. I mean, I think he's the best football player at any fantasy draftable position right now. And I'm not 100 – I mean, I, I still can make the argument for Fournette in my opinion, but I, I, I like him better than Cook. I like him better than McCaffrey. And I don't care if he goes in the fifth round. I mean, that, that my opinion's not going to change a month or two from now because he's such a rare situation. I, I know you're taking that to an extreme, though, but you can't take a fifth rounder 
number one overall, regardless of his talent, because the NFL is telling you what, what they think about him. Yes, but that doesn't mean they won't put him on a field. I mean, I, a fifth rounder obviously is extreme. You're right. And that would be unprecedented, I'm sure, in Dynasty world. You know, but uh, he could be a third rounder. Well, if it, and he lands in Oakland or Green Bay or, you know. I, I think the reason he goes in the second round, or, or I mean, maybe even the late first round, I've seen some of that talk lately. I, I think the reason is if a team has decided, yeah, we're willing to take a chance on him, then taking him in the second round is, is not really any different than taking him in the fifth round. You know what I mean? If, right, right, If they're right, right. willing to have him – You're still dealing with the same – Right, if they're willing to have him on the roster and they haven't taken him off their big board, then they, they, they know they have to take him in the second or somebody else is going to. Agreed. I do very much think he will be a second-round pick. It would shock me if he doesn't, if he isn't. All right, let's move on. Uh, Charlie says, in a rookie draft where the Debbie pool is fresh and opened with Devi players available in the first round, where would you take the first Devi pick? So he's got a, a, a mixed rookie and Devi draft. I'm assuming it's the first year, so every college player is available along with this year's rookies. Matt, you want me to take that one? Yeah, this really is in my bag, yeah. I mean, who is there a, a by far leader in the clubhouse? If you were to put a chip down right now of who a 1-1 would be, is there a guy that you think is ahead of everybody else? Is it Chubb or uh, I'm just guessing. I think uh, the way I see it right now with Devi, if you're talking about a fresh league like Charlie is, I think there's a top tier of three. So it's Cortland Sutton who could have been in this class and given us a, a, a top tier of seven, uh, but it's Cortland Sutton, the receiver from SMU, Sequan Barkley from Penn state running back and Darius guys from LSU. Um, if I'm picking one right now, 2018 1.01 I'm probably going with Barkley and, and I, I I like all three of those players so much that I'm probably taking them any of those three outside of that top six so once I get to the seventh pick in this draft that Charlie's describing those guys those guys are on the board for me so um, okay. I, I'm willing to take them you know, over Ross, over Juju Smith, over Howard and Kamara and Ingram and Njoku and Samuel and all those guys that we've talked about. So that's probably how I'd rank those, the the six rookies. And then I think I would just go seven, eight, nine with the three Devi players uh, before going back to the rookies. After that, I see a big gap. There's there's a few players certainly I still like. I wouldn't take any other Devies in the first round. Probably wouldn't take any others until maybe the mid or late second round. I, I just that that second tier of Devi to me right now, and, and Chubb is included in that, is is another huge tier. So if you're drafting Devi, okay. If you're drafting a new Devi league, it's the top three, and then everybody else, at least in my opinion. I, I know this, you know, doesn't really affect fantasy as much, obviously, but. There's a there's a couple stud quarterbacks coming out. I mean, are your eyes on them too in the you know late second third round situation, or you just in the Devi world do you pretty much never go quarterback? In the well, a lot of my Devi leagues personally are super flex leagues. So in those leagues, you'll see quarterbacks being drafted and auctioned and things. But in general, if it's a one quarterback league, yeah, I'm probably not, I'm probably just ignoring the yeah. position altogether. I think one year. Uh, when Luck was still at Stanford, I drafted him 
uh, late in the first round of a Devi league. But overall, I'm, I'm not even considering that position. And I, I'm not really sold on any of these college quarterbacks uh, right now either. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's move on. Ben says, what are the best and worst landing spots for wide receivers in this draft? Um, so let's just talk general generalizations here. Some of the best landing spots, Matt, for a wide receiver, looking at teams who could conceivably invest in that position early. Buffalo comes to mind. Tennessee comes to mind immediately. Um, the 49ers, you know, what if Juju goes there in the early second round? You know, I mean, they're not going to take one in the first round, but there's not much in the way. What are your thoughts on the Ravens? I mean, I think they could use one, but their offense is always so disjointed and dysfunctional. Um, I think Buffalo, if they draft one, he's going to walk right in as a starter and Tennessee as well. I had Buffalo and Tennessee on my list as also I think they both um they both could take a, a wide receiver in the first round or or the second round. Chicago kind of the same thing. I'm not quite sold really on Meredith or Kevin White as long-term guys, so I wouldn't mind uh, grabbing mm-hmm. a wide receiver that lands with the Bears. Uh Ravens, yeah. Uh, same thing. I I'm, I'm starting to doubt Perriman. Mike Wallace almost got cut this year. I'd I'd be good with a, a Baltimore wide receiver, even though those usually seem boring. I, I don't know about San right. I don't know about San Francisco. I, I'm probably avoiding a San Francisco receiver in general. Uh, you, they're going to be terrible this year, of course. I don't know how quickly they can turn it around, and I don't want to give too much credit to Shanahan and that offense. That's what I say. That's a lot of faith in Shanahan and Lynch and the possibility of landing Kirk Cousins or, you know, and do you love Kirk Cousins that much anyways? You know, I mean, so, but you would think, I mean, their receivers are so bad. You would think they'd get instant playing time, you know, especially when they're one in 10 and they want to get their rookies on the field. But I'm with you. I mean, that could be a very bad offense for the next three years. A couple of other spots I've seen projected to take a wide receiver early in the first or second round the chiefs kind of the same thing as kind of the same thing as as the ravens like eh, i I just don't want chiefs receivers in general uh and the the chargers i i don't get this one i feel like they're pretty loaded at wide receiver already but i continue to see them projected to take mike williams in the first or or somebody even that that high or in that range of the draft and really really surprises me with with Allen and with Tyrell Williams and the two good tight ends. And I like, I still like Travis Benjamin a little bit. Dontrell Inman is just that, that veteran presence that always will catch a couple balls a game. I don't really see a path for a rookie wide receiver there. So I wouldn't love that. Totally agree with the chargers. Totally agree with the chargers. But I do think sometimes these people that do mock drafts get a little bit in a tough situation with them. Cause I really think they need a safety and they need O line, and if there isn't one there, then you got to go. Well, what else would they do? You know, they, uh, surprisingly, they don't have a lot of needs as a team, despite not winning a lot of games last year. How about a sneaky one? Is Arizona? I thought about Arizona. That's that's a tough one for me to say. I think obviously they can only count on Fitzgerald for one more year. We talked about John Brown last week. I, I went yeah. out and made some. Jack- By the way, nobody will trade him because they listen to our show. Well. 
I, I tried to Why trade for him. Quiet. I looked through all my <laughs> leagues, and you had him in a bunch of my leagues that we're in together. So I didn't even bother. That wasn't worth it. Didn't even bother making an offer. But we talked about Brown last week. We both. I'm about to tell you this. I, I always interrupt you. I apologize. It is I'm, a, I'm it is on, the, on our 60th episode. I'm sure you are. <laughs> but I made an offer for him, and somebody wrote me back and said, that's the fifth offer I've gotten for John Brown in the last 48 hours. I had no idea what the heck was going on. And then I listened to Dynasty Blueprint, and now it all makes sense. I'm like, dude. <laughs> so four people beat me to it in that league, and the radar was up. So I thought you'd like that story. Well, we, we talked about him last week. Uh, our, our buddy Matt Kelly over at Player Profiler asked me to pick one Dynasty by low and do a quick little write-up, and I wrote up John Brown for that as well. And and I'm going to be sending some trade offers, but it's probably too late for that. Let's move on. Bradley says, when you're sending or receiving draft pick trade offers, do you go on feeling or do you use a trade calculator? I don't use a calculator of any sort. I, I don't either. Um, I, I know there's sites out there that have that, uh, that feature. I've never used one. Yeah, I, I, I guess, I mean, I guess I go on feeling. It, it goes back to those tiers. I think forming those tiers this time of year especially is very important not to make those harsh decisions like you were talking about, but just to be aware. You know, if, if somebody's sending you an offer for the fifth pick and they want you to drop down to 10 or 11, you've got to have a good understanding of what that means. You're dropping from the top tier to the second. And that doesn't mean it's it's going to work out that way after the NFL draft, but that's how it is now. And you have to trade based on that. I think that's a good point. And it, it's a big difference. If you're sitting there, whatever, somebody wants Mike Evans from you or whoever, and they offer you one six as opposed to one seven, you have to be aware that there's a difference there. It's not like one three versus one four. Right. Uh, and our next question comes from the fantasy seer and he says, where would you draft these tight ends in a tight end premium league? Or where would you draft the tight ends in a super flex or two quarterback league? Do you play in any of those leagues, Matt? No, but I think it's time for me to spread my wings a little bit. My initial thoughts and not knowing the formats half as well as you do is I would put Howard Njoku and Engram own tier after those first six or maybe i'm even too low on them i mean i think they're great prospects in the nfl world that are going to play right away that are going to be when we talk a year from now and it's episode 120 i think we're going to be talking about those guys as top eight dynasty tight ends without question you know i mean one of them might bust but i, I mean i think this class is going to represent itself, the tight end spot, really well. I think the Joku is going to be a star. I think Howard's really, really good. And if Engram lands in the right place, I keep thinking about New Orleans with him at the end of the first round. That I really think he could put up big numbers. I agree. They all certainly move up. They're all three are already in that second tier. All three are already getting some first round dynasty rookie buzz. So. Uh, I think they certainly go there in the tight end premium league. With that said, I don't, I don't alter my overall value of tight ends too much, even in these leagues. You, you know, tight end production, fantasy production generally comes from from touchdowns, which were way down this year, and and from yardage. Very few tight ends are big 
PPR guys. They're not catching a ton of balls anyway. So the mm-hmm. increased PPR to me doesn't make a huge difference. I'd bump those guys a little bit, uh, a, a little bit up in that second tier, uh, but not, not a whole lot. The quarterbacks are a different story. They go from almost off the board, like third, fourth rounders to first rounders, huge, huge change in their value. Most people, all four of them. Well, I was going to say most people, I think viewed the top three, at least from a fantasy perspective as Watson, Trubisky and Kaiser. I know you already said you like Mahomes the best. I've seen some other people agree with you. I'm guessing, based on what we know today, Mahomes is probably a second rounder in in super flex leagues, and it sounds like you would love that value. Yes, I would. I'd take him before the other three for sure. And, I mean, maybe in this situation, he'd be my 1-7. Obviously, landing spot for quarterbacks is gigantic. Right, landing spot is huge. I think you could see uh, in in a super flex league, I think you probably see – at least two of those guys in the first round and maybe as many as four, including Mahomes. Our next question comes from between the twenties. He says, who are going to be the top eight running backs drafted in the first couple of days of the NFL draft? He, he views that as, as key being in that, t- those top two rounds. He identifies the top six as Fournette, McCaffrey, Cook, Kamara, Mixon, and Foreman. Those are his top six. So I guess he's really asking Who's coming next after that? Do you think Foreman's a lock? I like him, but I'm not sure he's a lock. I I wouldn't say he's a lock either. I I mean, I think P. Ryan could go ahead of him. I think Kareem Hunt could go ahead of him. There's there's always surprises with the running back position as far as how the NFL views these players and values these players as compared to – how dynasty players do and what we expect. So there's always some surprises. Uh, we already talked a little bit about Marlon Mack. He's the kind of guy who could sneak in and be a, a late um, second round draft pick or third round pick. Uh, I guess I would say the the two best bets to finish out that top eight would be P Ryan and hunt. I was going to say those two or McNichols, you know, just see he fits in today's NFL pretty well. And Mac would be the other one I would think about. Uh, I guess it depends what you call Curtis Samuel too. I mean, do you think most people call him a running back or a receiver? I think at this point, most people are referring to him as a receiver. Um, MFL listed him as a receiver. He worked out at the combine as a receiver. Did they? Uh, we, we don't know how his future team is going to use him. Of course, uh, he's got some some versatility, but I think most dynasty owners are viewing him as a as a receiver at this point. All right, next question from Bully Bully Booger. Bully wants to know. <laughs> hey, I, I didn't come up with it. Bully wants to know: Are the wide receivers in this class being overlooked due to the strength of the running backs? What do you think, Matt? Huh. I mean, maybe. The Carlos Henderson, Josh Reynolds. I'm not a big Cooper Cup fan, but I mean, maybe that level of guys being overlooked. Godwin, I think Godwin's better than those guys I mentioned. Possibly, you know, possibly. I mean, there's a lot of good landing spots for receivers out there right now, too. A lot of people could use a two or a three uh, that that this tier kind of sets itself up to be. 
So maybe, maybe to some degree, you know, and maybe the tight end class is, is hurting the receiver class a smidge too. I think that's fair. Uh, I, a lot of these players that will probably end up being second round rookie picks, I think a year ago or, or a year from now, basically in, in a typical rookie class, they would have been, uh, they would have been first rounders. So Godwin, Carlos Henderson, Zay Jones, Taewon Taylor, Curtis Samuel, all those guys probably ending up in that second round, and any of them could could be normal late first round picks in a in a typical year. So, yeah, I think it's probably fair to say that. But do you think like OJ Howard is going ahead of those guys you mentioned in rookie drafts a fair amount? Yes, yeah, I think he will. Okay, same with Najuku or Najoku. Right, uh, I think. Both okay. of those guys, I mean, they're they're right in the mix with those with those wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Same tier, like we talked about at the beginning of the show. Yeah, I guess I can see that. Ryan wants to know: Is Dalvin Cook going to continue to fall in rookie drafts, and is it warranted? Uh, I, I think he will stay in the top six. I, I don't see him falling out of that top six, uh, but I think it's reasonable he could he could fall to fourth or fifth or sixth at times, depending on, again, how this NFL draft plays out. Right. The one thing about him, I mentioned, I wish he tested better that the people that the, the real numbers geeks, the guys that really plug in and love the the combine. And, and I think there's a lot of value in that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I've heard many people say a running back with his measurables has never been drafted in the first round. You know, and someone that tested like he did at the combine has never sniffed the first round. But his tape is so much different than that. <laughs> you know, that what if he lands in Indy? I mean, man, he's going to be a, a – w- so in the end, I guess the, the point is, is he going to slip to the point where – when he says slip, I think that he's no longer a lock to be 1-1 or 1-2, where we thought maybe a month or two ago he was. Now I'm with you that he won't be 1-7 or worse. Right. I think he's still in the top tier, but – yeah, as you just said, no longer a, a top two lock. He's he's fallen down to the pack. McCaffrey and Mixon uh, have have climbed up over the past couple of uh, or past few weeks, past month, I guess, since the combine. Um, so so that gap has has narrowed significantly. Craig says he only has a, a late second rookie pick. He mentions the catch twenty two league, uh, one of probably the league I'm most excited to draft because I have the first 13 rookie picks. That's one we've, <laughs> we've talked about that league on here. That's going to be a fun one, but Craig's in one of those leagues. He Dude, your running backs are going to be crazy. Um, I, I'm getting everybody. I'm just loading up lots of, <laughs> will you take any tight ends? I'll take one at least. The, that, that'll be the okay. interesting yeah. decision is do I take more than one tight no end? Doubt. Um, yeah, I figured you'd take Howard, but do you want two? And you want a backup tight end? You know, I, in that league, and, and for our listeners who might have missed it, the the basis of this league is uh, we had the startup draft a year ago. I sat out of the startup draft, and in exchange for skipping the first 22 rounds of the startup draft, I got the first full round of the 2017 rookie <laughs> draft. I then had to build my team from the waiver wire. I hit on Dak Prescott. So I'm, I wouldn't say I'm set at quarterback, but I've got Dak Prescott. I've got That's pretty good. Uh, right? I've got Tony Romo. I've got Alex Smith. 
I don't, I don't have a huge need at quarterback. Not that I would take one in the first round anyway. Uh, I also hit on Cameron Brait at tight end. I don't know if I view him as locked in tight end one for the next couple of years, but I wouldn't say I have to take, right. I wouldn't say I have to take a tight end either. I will load up on, on of course, receivers and running backs because those two spots are terrible. I got Kenny Britt. I think my best running back might be Kristen Michael. Maybe it's, it's, it's bad. Hard to find running backs on the waiver wire. At least for me, it was. But anyway, back to Craig's question. You're going to have seven of them that are, you know, in a month from now, you're going to have seven rookies on your team, you know, at the running back position or whatever. And that's pretty crazy. I feel happy about that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So Craig says he only has a late second in catch 22. He's weak at running back and tight end. Who would we be targeting? Uh, I I think the top three tight ends are gone by the late second, but Bucky Hodges is probably still there. I'd feel comfortable with that. As mm-hmm. far as running Time backs, back some of the ones we talked about already, P. Ryan, McNichols in the late second, uh, Marlon Mack. I think Kareem Hunt is a candidate to fall out of that second tier. If he falls to the late second, I would consider him as well. Hunt was the name that kind of jumped off the screen to me, thinking keep your fingers crossed or maybe you move up two spots. You know, It doesn't mean you have to stay at that pick. Um, Hodges, I think, is a good call. Um, there's other good tight ends in this class though. I mean, if they fall in a good spot, um, there, he might be, it might be more than just four tight ends to consider in the top, what, 22 picks. And, and you know, it, it was funny. He's like, I only have a late second in that pick. Well, cause you have every pick, Ryan. <laughs> I mean, he's not, he's not going to be the only one in that situation. No, no. And again, I'm what a cheap butt if you could wait on him for a year. Yeah, Jake Butt, and I, I don't know if Craig has – I think Jake Butt probably falls to the third round or later, which yeah. is pretty easy pick to make at that point. That tight end class really is deep. Um, Everett's another mm-hmm. good one, and there's some small small school guys that that are other other names to consider in that third or, or even fourth round range of rookie drafts. Oh, Shaheen and Salbert and both those guys can – or, or exciting. Pharaoh Brown's an exciting guy too. If, uh, to think about like a year from now from Oregon. Yeah. He was, he was fun to watch. He just cannot stay on the field. So many injuries with right. that guy. Next question comes from B Scully. He says he's uh, his trade. He's looking at the 1.02 and Tajay Sharp or the 1.04 and the 1.05 pick. Oh, that's easy. It's easy. The, the five, four and five for me, Sharp, by far. Sharp doesn't have. Sharp means nothing yeah, to me. Sharp has no trade value at all. Uh, so you're you're moving from two, who we don't even, you know, five minutes ago we couldn't even really narrow down a player to take it to, and now you're getting two of those top five. Easy, easy trade to make. Give me the two picks in the top tier. Now we don't need to stay on this one long, but like I said, I would take Mixon at two, and I might get him at four or five. And then I get Cook or Williams or somebody like that, and Sharp barely even makes my roster. He's he's not he has no factor at all. No, he's yeah non non factor in that deal. Couple more questions. Matt Thad wants to know if you have the one one and you need a running back, do you take best player available and grab Corey Davis? Interesting question for a few different reasons. First of all, he's considering Corey Davis the best player available. I'm I I love Corey Davis. I'm not sure. 
he's separated himself enough for me to say that I, I'm always taking best player available in rookie drafts. I'm not even really looking at my current roster. Maybe when I get to the later rounds, if I think uh, I've got, I've got one quarterback and nothing else. So maybe I'll take, you know, maybe I'll take Deshaun Watson instead of Cooper cup in the third round, but in the first round and second round, I'm, I'm certainly not drafting for need. With that said, it's a tiebreaker. So if I need a running back and I have the one, one, I don't see a huge difference talent wise yet between Davis and the running back. So I'm probably taking a running back there. Me too. And, and, and I kind of took this question as does 0.5 PPR change the way you look at things. And my answer would be no. I agree. Yeah, that, that, that doesn't change anything for me either. Mm-mm. BBC Insider, for a running – another team with some running back needs. For a running back needy team, and he mentions Cook and Fournette are already – Cook and Fournette are already But I don't gone. care. But it goes back to the same yeah. thought. I, I don't care what your needs are. Right. So he says, can I go mixing over Davis or will I regret the talent gap? Again, I don't know that I see a huge talent gap between Mixon and Davis. Several people, Matt included, think Mixon could be the most talented skill position player in the draft. So it goes back to that tiebreaker. Personally, I'm, I still see a little bit of a difference value-wise between Davis, Fournette, and Cook and the other three. So I, I do think the top tier is six deep but I see that that slight break between three and four. I'm still taking Davis over Mixon, but I, I wouldn't fault anybody at all for taking Mixon over the wide receiver. Yeah, my take is I don't care what your needs are. Rank your board as if you don't have needs, and I like Mixon more than Davis, so if that makes you feel better, take Mixon. All right, a couple more questions. They're both trade questions. Pete is in a two-quarterback, 10-team PPR league. He's looking at a trade. One side is Andrew Luck and the 1.07. The other side is Tom Brady, the 1.3, and Jarvis Landry. Who's the winner of that deal? So, Matt, I know you said you didn't play in two quarterback leagues, but still interested to get your thoughts on this one. I mean, Luck's obviously super valuable. But, I mean, the difference between 1.3 and 1.7 is substantial. If I'm in win-now mode... I think I want the Brady side. If I'm not in win now mode, I think I want the luck side. I don't know. Jarvis Landry's a pretty nice piece though. He is. This is a tough one for me. I, I, yeah. I feel like in, well, a couple of things with this, with this league format, two quarterback league, obviously uh, luck reigns in that league. I think he's the most valuable asset in that format in a 10 team league. Most most smaller leagues, eight or ten team leagues, they still have the same starting lineups. So, what that means is studs rule. Um, it, your wide receiver one are there's only ten of them instead of twelve, and and that matters more as you go down the line. So, a guy like Landry is he's still a fantasy starter, but he's not that he's not necessarily locked in every week as as a fantasy stud, depending on what that team looks like. Uh, the one three is a huge pick in this league, but the one seven in the, in the two quarterback format, your top tier is now, instead of being six deep, your top tier is now 
seven or eight or nine deep or maybe even more. So you're still getting a huge uh, value at that pick. You're getting one of the top players. With quarterbacks going off the board, you're probably getting Mike Williams or uh, Joe Mixon or somebody like that at the seven pick. I think I'm going with luck in the seven on this one, but it is very close. Yeah, and it would certainly be helpful to know their roster makeups besides this because you, you, you weight this one on the scale and they pretty much weigh the same. All right. All right, last question. We've we've gotten to them all. I think that's the first time this has happened. Daniel, another trade question. Should I trade the 1-1 one, one for the 1-5, the 1-6, and the 27th overall? So maybe an early third rounder if it's a 12-team league. A um, little bit different since it's the 1-1 one, one and, and you have your ultimate choice of anybody. Uh, I, I agree with what you said earlier in the show. Some, some player, Fournette, Cook. Davis, Mixon, somebody's going to establish themselves as the favorite to be the 1-1. We don't know who that is right now. You're getting two of those guys plus a plus a third-round flyer. I think I'm going with the five and six here. Me too. Me, me too. I, I think that's very easy, to be honest with you, especially where we sit today because, sure, somebody may become the leader in the clubhouse that is a consensus 1-1, but is their stock going to rise – to Elliott proportions, you know, probably not. And even so, I mean, even if they were to get up to that proportion where it's clearly number one, I still wouldn't mind landing Mixon and Williams at five and six and having that, you know, early third or whatever too. So yeah, I, I want the, all the picks there. All right. So thank you to everyone who submitted a question. Uh, we are glad to answer them and, and glad to really, focus in on the NFL draft and this rookie class. We'll continue to do that over the next several weeks. We've, we've had a few shows, Matt, with no guests. We're going to have some guests back on next week, and they're going to be good ones. We're excited about that. A lot of draft analysts, I think, will be joining us the next couple of weeks here. So you're going to get a lot of NFL draft talk coming your way. All right. Thanks again for the questions. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint. 